Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith Kennedy handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the centre. I can't believe that. Boyd has kicked the goal. Yes, hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for round 14 of the AFL season. Proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie. Joining me as always are a couple of the best in the business. To the left of my podcast dial, I've got the effervescent coach of Lovsky FC, riding high, a wave of Collingwood euphoria after a big day at the G yesterday. Stevie Nico, how are you, Nico, today? Doing good, mate. The pies are, uh, are flying and doing well. Lovsky FC, not so much. <laughs> well, we're going to get well into that later. Um, you were riding high at various points over the weekend, not while watching the GWS game on Saturday Arvo, on Sunday Arvo, though, I can say that much. Um, but apart from that, not mm. too bad. And to the right of my podcast style, wearing his fight MND beanie and looking a little worse to wear after a big morning watching the Socceroos, Dylan Bolch, uh, Jerno, one of the contributors at scplaybook.com.au. Dylan, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Eddie. A little bit tired running on autopilot, but I'm um, looking forward to talking some super coach. Fantastic. Well, let's get straight stuck into it. Um, it was a massive week. I think. Um, I saw Charlie put up an article on the site this morning and called it the most important round of the year. And I think he's not far off it in terms of um, how important the scores were uh, over this weekend and how, how much potential there was for ranking jumps and how much the potential there was for ranking falls as well. And I think we've got a pretty even spread across the board here when it comes to, to rises and falls this week. So, Nico, let's start with you. Run me through your week. Um, how did it feel? What happened? What did you score? And what was your ranking in the end? Yeah, so I scored a 1753, which wasn't brilliant. So just below average. And I uh, I went out 773 places to the 9K mark, which is a little disappointing. Um, I guess for me, only having 18 players and then having, you know, Owens get concussed like that really, really hurt. Um, you know, if he plays a full game, then I, you know, I'd probably get to the 1800 mark and, you know, and then it's a pass. But yeah, so bit of a bit of a down week for me, unfortunately. Um, what about you, Dylan? What was what was the vibe going into the week and, and what happened at the end of the weekend? How did you feel about it overall? Oh, the vibe wasn't great to begin with. I um I only had sixteen and I, I I didn't go for like a Judson Clark. I thought, oh, there's no point in that. If he comes out and scores twenty and gets dropped the week after and Rioli's back in, that's a waste of a trade. So I sort of just went in with sixteen. Um scored sixteen sixty nine, which was, was well unders, but um I don't think the team is as bad as it's scoring. Um, I'm pretty happy with how my premiums are sitting. It's just a matter of getting them to perform. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ranked uh, 15k at the moment, 16k, sorry, um, which isn't great. But 
fingers crossed um, I can make a bit of ground up in the back end of the year. I love that. The team isn't as bad as it's scoring. <laughs> that could be a new Supercoach motto, I think, for a lot of people. That's how it feels a lot of the time. Um, me, uh, I, I can't believe I've waited this long to tell you boys, but um, yeah, it's 1954 for the week, up 300 spots. I'm, about, I'm a point outside the top 500 at the moment, so things are looking very going. good over in Dad's land. Um, yeah, it was one of those weeks, lads. Um, I, it doesn't happen often, but everything went right. Um, you know, it just like every single little minute decision went right. And I was trying to think, cause I often tell you, I ask you boys, what went wrong in your week? And I was trying to think about it before for me, what went wrong and nothing went wrong. <laughs> it was, it's one of those, I think you just have to, I, I just, I was trying to think about it. I was like, I'm not even going to invent anything. Nothing went wrong. Um, I held Dacos, I held Cogs, I locked in Cripps, Cripps's captain on Friday night, which, um, which felt good. It was nice to have that 126 locked down. Um, and then the big one was I went Proust to Cameron at the last minute, um, and that basically netted me 77 points. So I would have had to field Machido as my my 18th player had I not done that. Um, I got the extra 77 points from Cameron. That that one trade got me 250 ranking spots. I don't really care whether Cameron flops from here. Um, that was that was enough for me to get that that locked in early. Um, yeah, it was just a good week. It, it felt good. Everything went right. Uh, I'm really happy with it. Nico, talk to me. What was good out of your weekend? I, I need some more positivity in this in this podcast room at the moment. <laughs> oh, just first of all, mate, I'm wrapped for you. Um, yeah. And I'm enjoying riding the wave with you. So keep going. Um, it's Thank brilliant. You. So uh, wins for me, I guess um, Daniel Rich going back to back and scoring 119 uh, was really good to see and, and promising moving forward for him and, and his role. And um, now with Zorko out potentially for a few weeks as well. So um, hopefully that cements some bigger scores moving forward. Um, Locking in VC, uh, Neil with 123. Um, that went, you know, well, and look, I locked that in. A lot of people took the risk and went gone and, and you know, lost that roll of the dice, unfortunately. I guess the big losses for me was um, trading day costs. So I seem to have a good knack of trading people that, that go pretty well <laughs> <laughs> after I push the trade button. So... There's quite a big list um, that I'm accumulating there. Uh, holding Proust, um, I'm going to count that as another loss because, um, yeah, look, if I did the same move as you, Eddie, then you know I'm well better off and probably get a rank rise this week, you know, instead of a loss. So, um, fingers crossed, we'll talk more about him later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, look, the real big loss was was the 18th player and, and Owens on field. Like, if I had 19 and and his score goes away, then then I probably have a decent week. Yeah, I mean that was I think that was almost the key for this week, whether you had to field that Owens twenty one or whether you were able to sneak in that nineteenth player and avoid it. I mean, Paul Curtis scoring sixty five or whatever he ended up with was just a massive win. Like I, I didn't you know, I, I thought the reason I went for the Cameron trade was I was kind of thinking one of one of Curtis or um or Owens is gonna go terribly and I need to try and avoid that as much as possible. And in the end that's exactly what played out. Owens got that twenty six. Wasn't his fault. He was actually looking really good before that. Um, it's yeah, kind of a shame. I, I think he's if he if he's not concussed and he can manage to play this week, he's locked in the team long term. He looked pretty bad though right off the bat, so I'd be surprised. I think if he's he definitely. Play. I think he's definitely out, mate. Unfortunately, he's in the protocol. Yeah, yeah he's in the ten day yeah. protocol, so he will miss this week. But I think he'll be back in. He was giving them something. He, he looked electric at points. Um, Dylan, what about you? What was what was good out of your week, and, and what sort of soured the week? What what caused that sixteen fifty or whatever the score was? Um, the lack of players didn't help to begin with, but I got my captaincy stuff terribly wrong. I, I thought I'd get creative and had Sean Darcy's vice. He's crap. Um, 
like, uh, I did my head in. Like, how, he, yeah, anyway, he's um he's a bust and he's doing my head in. Um, so I had him as vice captain. He was crap. Then I put Gorn as captain, thinking, oh, big oh, game. No. Melbourne's been hammered in the media. You know, he'll stand up. And he was complaining about knee issues, ankle issues, back issues, everything under the sun. He scored seventy. So the captaincy didn't work out. Um, I was tossing up him, Clayton Oliver, and Oliver went nuts. So that hurt as well. Um, so not a great week, but one thing that did go right. Stephen Canelio, 174. How good is that? <laughs> I wish we had video taking this day. As that as the word Canelio <laughs> dropped, I wish we could we could capture that. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, don't spoil it, Dylan. I've got a whole segment planned on Canelio. There is plenty more Canelio chat to come. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it at bay for a bit. <laughs> Downhill skier. <laughs> It doesn't make it any more true. Um, Now, if you're out there and you're liking the sound of this content, we've actually got a price drop um, for the premium content for the rest of the season. So if you're after some more AFL expert content from the likes of Nico, Dylan, and all our other contributors, you can sign up to SC Playbook for $20, which gets you the entire content for the rest of the season, um, as well as access to every articles, every uh, extra articles every week of the the in-season. Entry to our exclusive WhatsApp group, Group where you can chat with us about your team, ask questions, um, have a plenty more. You can listen to Dylan and Charlie give some terrible advice about captaining Gorn on Monday morning when they were <laughs> all over him and everyone was loving it. Um, but if you're not interested in that, don't worry. We've got stacks of free content on the site to rummage through as well. That's scplaybook.com.au. Um, expert content on there. Follow our Insta, Facebook, and Twitter socials as well at scplaybookafl. Um, boys, the big, the big topics for this week, there were a lot to choose from, but first off, I want to... I just want to get a vibe of where you guys are placed for this week, what you're thinking, um, what your strategy is. Nico, what are you thinking for this week? Um, this is probably, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a low bar, but it's probably the, um, the easiest of the buys so far. Um, we've had a couple of really tough rounds this week. Last week was really tough. Where are you placed for this week? What trades are you thinking? Um, and yeah, where are, you at for, where are you at in general? So I'm thinking of going hard this round and actually using one of my boosts too. So going four trades. This week, the, the reason behind that for me, I've actually um, like loaded up on around 14 players earlier in the year. Um, so I've only got 16 playing at the moment and 12 primos. So that's before any trades uh, are done. So I'll be looking at, yeah, getting that number up to 20 and then obviously looking at, you know, team selection being kind and all that kind of stuff that might, you know, be unkind as, as, as usual and drop down to 19 um, playing. So... Yeah, hopefully get that number up to 20 and get that 12 Primo number up to 14 uh, Primos mm-hmm. on field. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. Um, and the projected score at the moment is looking at around 1771. So definitely looking at, at getting that up um, towards sort of 1900 mark. Yeah, I love it. Um, we're going to talk about downgrades and upgrades a little bit later. So I'll leave the actual specifics of those trades um, for a little bit later. Yep. But that. That's a little great little context of where you're at, Dylan. What about you? Where where are you placed for this round? What are your projected scores, and what sort of primos are you looking to, to bring in? Yeah, I'm probably going to get a big midfielder in. Um, but yeah, so that's my main goal is to bring in another gun midfielder um, to get get a score like a Malcolm Roses or an Owens or one of these blokes that are a bit unreliable off field. Um, so that's priority number one. I'll probably have to do three trades to make that happen. Um, and then, as Nico said, depending on selection and whether guys like Rioli and Jack Carroll and um, Rose Ass, these sorts of players get named, Jacob Ware as well, then I might pull a, um, a fourth trade potentially. Yeah, nice. Um, 
yeah, I'm in sort of a similar position to you, Nico. I'm thinking this is the week to go hard. Um, I'm sitting at 17 players pre-trades, hoping to get that up to 20 with a couple of downgrades and an upgrade. Um, but yeah, this feels like the week to sort of take advantage. Like this is this is the one, you know, we've had teams scoring really well over the, over the previous two weeks. They might not be set up as well for this week. Um, I think this is the time to jump rankings. Nico, do you have sort of a, a goal of where you want to get to after this week? Well, yeah, look, after this week, the goal should be um, full premium across all lines. Um, like, there's going to be a lot of teams that are there, and if you're not there, then you're behind the eight ball. So, yeah. um, with me, unfortunately, you know, making, you know, those wrong 50-50 calls like, um, you know, Cogs and Holding Proust and all this kind of stuff, like, I'm going to be one short, I think, but then, you know, premiums can score rookie scores, as we know. So, I might get lucky for a couple of weeks while I'm building a little bit more bank uh, on my bench, hopefully. Well, let's talk about who you are going to build bank through on your bench. Um, Dylan, I'm going to throw this to you. You're, you're going to go the three trades this week as well. Who are you looking to bring in? What, what guys are you, are you looking to downgrade to? Um, well, it's pretty bare, I think. Judson Clark played and, and played pretty well, I, I thought, on Thursday night. Good. But long, yeah, long term, long term, I'm not sold on him. Um, Kane Lambert was the was an emergency on the medical sub and didn't play. Um, Castagna's in the twos, Rioli's in the twos. There's a few guys sort of sniffing around. Tom Lynch still has to come back in. I know they're different players, but um, so I'm not completely sold on Clark. It's more, I'm probably more likely to start looking at a uh, mid-season draftee. So I know we'll talk about those guys later, but whether that's a uh, Mastermore um, from Mastermore. Essendon or <laughs> uh, maybe Carmichael from Collingwood, Carl okay, Warner good. as well from Frio. Um, he's not a mid-season draftee, but he's 102k, I think, and and is a chance to debut sometime soon. So probably a a uh, speculative pick rather than someone who's actually already played. Nico, do, have you got any views on Judson Clark? Are you bringing him in this week, and who's going to be your other downgrade out of those four trades that you're you're looking to use? Yeah, so if Riol is not named, then I'd probably look to bring him in and just bank that. 70k or whatever it is so i mean that's going to come in handy for me to to upgrade um elsewhere um same page um there as dylan i'll I'll be looking at one of these um guys that have come in the mid-season draft hopefully with dpp um and if you know if they're named for one week so be it then they'll just sit on the pine um for the rest of the year i don't really have an issue with that as long as i get one week out of them this week i guess what about Um, the other option like cully yeah it might be yeah that's who, that's who I was going to ask yeah. about. I'm, Dylan, I'm not going to tread on your toes because I know you've got a lot of uh, research into this a little bit later in the pod. Um, what about Tekel? Have you guys both got Bryn Tekel in? I think you were going to bring him in two weeks ago, Nico, when he was first picked up. Yeah, I brought him straight in just so I, yeah, I just needed that cash from Hayes down um, to utilize elsewhere in my squad. Um, so he's been brought in. Um, looks like, you know, he played pretty well from from what I saw in the, um, in the sample. So, yeah. Depending, although there was high praise for um, Finlayson though as yeah. well, so um, yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to go, but hopefully he gets a game. But I'm not too fussed otherwise. It's just giving me that swing with with English is what I really want him for. I think the the key for me with Judson Clark is we just need one more week out of him. Like all he needs to play is this week, and he needs to score better than a fifty, and then he's done his job. And from there, he can sit on the pine. Worst case is he sits he sits there and he doesn't make any he literally doesn't make any more money. But he's if he's there this week and he avoids me having to use a thirty from Cooper Stevens, um, then that that has made him completely worthwhile. Um, is there anyone else what coming up, he? Dylan? 
just on Clark, what if he comes out and scores thirty and then gets dropped the following week? Uh, then it's then it then it's Hopefully a, you've got nineteen players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you chalk it up as a loss and you move on. I think, but but like Nico says, I think you have to be. I think you have to be full primo by the end of this week. Uh, if you're not full primo, yep. you're going to be but you're going to be behind. That's it's pretty. It's as simple as that, really. Um, so, however you have to get there, I think this is the week you have to do it. And you ha- if you have to use four trades, and if you have to downgrade to two guys who aren't going to play another game for the rest of the year, it is what it is. Um, that's why you have trades. That's why you save seven or eight trades for the rest of the year. Um, you can deal with injuries as they come, and that's yeah, that's about. All you have to deal with, I reckon. Um, in terms of upgrade targets, Dylan, you said you're looking at a big midfielder. Who are the targets? Who are we looking at? Who's on the list? Um, Callum Mills is number one for me. Um, he is 620-something grand, but his ceil- I know you're a big fan of him, Eddie, but his ceiling's nuts. Um, yeah, score of 214 earlier in the year. 167 as well. Um, 147, a few 130s in there too, so... For me, that's a he's pretty. Um, he's got pretty low ownership as well for a guy that's like the third or fourth highest average in midfielder. He's only in fourteen percent of teams. So when you look at that, that's unders for a guy that's been going so well. Um, I'm not a huge fan of paying six hundred and twenty grand for him, but I'm sort of at the point in the season where I'm just like, whatever. I've got to try and do something. To, it's better than seven hundred k. Didn't he get to there earlier? In yeah, the he was pretty high. Yeah. Um, what I like about Mills is that he's he's like one of those he's like a Draymond Green in basketball in that he's really versatile and even if he's not getting thirty possessions he's going to have twenty he's going to have eight tackles and he's going to have six marks or something so it's, he's not reliant yeah. on on like getting kicks and 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 handballs he's got a sort of rounded enough game that he can get to a hundred even if he's not playing his best footy so yeah I'm mm-hmm. I'm obviously a big fan of Mills I've been on him for a while but I, I think he's a really good I think he's a really good goer. Bit of a concern, like he played full back, didn't he, last time around? Like that was just quite odd for like almost half the game or something. So hopefully that doesn't happen if you do pick him up. Still manage 113 yeah. in that game, Melbourne. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a worry. I think I think he's clearly he's clearly playing his best footy when he's in the midfield. I think that's that's okay. Who else is on the radar, Dylan? What are, what are the other considerations? In, in, if it's not Mills, who else would it be? Well, initially. If you had asked me this question last week, I would have said um, Parrish or Walsh potentially, but they were both pretty ordinary on the weekend. Parrish um, was subbed out with a calf issue and Walsh scored 70-something and his break even's now 160-odd. So I don't think either of those guys. I'm then sort of looking at the next rung down. You're looking at guys like Ben Keyes, um, mm. Brayshaw's on a buy, so not him, but just on Keyes. I was looking at this before. He's really consistent. He's had one score under... 100 all year, um, which was a 96, and everything else has been 106 plus, 100 or 100 plus, beg your pardon. Um, he doesn't have the ceiling that someone like Mills does, but if you want a guy that's going to score 110 every week, I think he's a pretty good bet, and he's only 550 grand as well. So you're not paying 600 as you might for a Mills or a Parrish or a Welsh. Who would you be looking at, Nico? If you were, I don't know what you're, who, who are you targeting as an upgrade this week first? Uh, personally, um, I'm probably going to be looking at the round before. So I think Doherty is my number one trading target this week. Um, that's just team dependent because the only way I could bring in where or where or whatever his name is last week to be on field was to actually um, like sacrifice my D6. So I need to fix that up. 
um, by bringing Doherty in this week and flicking Skinner forward or, or something like that or trading Buku. Because um, I, I definitely don't want, you know, where being my T6. So, um, look, outside of my team, I, I'd be looking at guys like Took, 575k, break even of 57. So he's going to shoot up. Um, and we'll touch on it a bit later, but a really good vice, not captain shout, sorry, because they're playing in the last round. Uh, also got Laird and Keys, one of these guys, depending on your cash situation. Um, if you're struggling for a bit of cash, then maybe go towards Keys, as you know Dylan touched on, really, really consistent this year. I've got any dogs player at number three, so <laughs> they're coming off their buy. Um, you know, and, and there's a plethora of options. So, I mean, Bont at 583, uh, Libba, 544k English if you if you've got the money and you know believe in him at 609k um, Dunks at 581 and Trelaw at 516 so um, pretty much look any of those guys if um, especially the ones you could pick uh, in the forward line uh, are going to be good and I've also got Mills and um, I think Stewart's going to play this week and he's up against West Coast so he could he could easily you know reach his 137 break even but once again you're talking big money at the 600k defender price. It's actually, I was having a look today because I'm in a similar position where I want a big mid, like Dylan says, um, but the options are kind of bare. Like I was having a look at the five round averages for, for the, the, for the mids and you're looking at the likes of Brad Crouch is the top five round averager for a midfielder. And I'm not, I'm not bringing in Brad Crouch. I don't care what his five round average is. It's not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Then you're looking at Josh Kelly again, don't really trust it. And he, he feels overpriced. He's at 623k. It's got a five-round average of 122. I don't really like that. But then after that, it kind of drops off, off the big dogs down to sort of Ollie Wines or Zach Merritt. Um, and it, it, that just doesn't really appeal to me. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking this week that I I go early, in a sense, by upgrading Dylan Moore, by not actually upgrading him, but bringing Bont in in the midfield, and then next week going Dylan Moore out mm-hmm. and then bringing in maybe an Andrew Brayshaw, on his, who's on his bye this week. He feels like the only midfielder that I that I really want to pay up for out of that bunch that I've just mentioned. Dylan, is that crazy? Should I should I just take a Wines or a, or a Kelly now? Uh, I'm I don't uh, interesting to hear what your thoughts on this, but I'm always a believer if you pick the the best player. Like I don't I really don't like settling for a, a B grader. Um, just on that because I had similar issues aside from Mills. There was you were looking at like your Brayshaws and your your next rung down. Jack Steele's another guy who potentially comes back from injury in a, a couple of weeks and might be one that is worth looking at um, if you still need an upgrade there. So I don't know how that factors into things, but yeah, it's hard. Like more, Moore's weird. I think he can still average 90 and be consistent enough, but at the end of the day, you probably want Bont, who's going to score 110 every week. Yeah, Nico, what do you think? Is, is Do I need to – Do I, should I just be looking at a midfielder rather than trying to squeeze Bont in to the midfield for a week? Or, or is that a decent play and then wait for next week and then I've got my pick of – my pick of midfielders, including Brayshaw, rather than settling yeah. for a Wines or a Merritt. Yeah, I think that's a really good play, mate, um, especially for you uh, in the position you're in. Um, chuck Bont in the mids for a week, no harm done. You could even do it with someone like Sinclair if you wanted to. Um, you know, I know that your defence is probably already stacked, but, I mean, he's scoring midfield, you know, points, um, you know, as well as anyone else. So um, I like that play for you, mate. I think um, I think lock that in um, just gives you another week, and I wouldn't be setting for... I, Dylan called them B graders. They're probably A minus players, so I yeah. wouldn't be settling for for those guys, mate. I'd in the position you're in, try and um try and get the best player. Yeah, because I was I was having a look at Wines' draw today, and 
I, I sort of had in my head that Port had an easy draw coming home. But I was looking at he plays he plays like Sydney, Gold Coast, Frio, GWS, Melbourne, Geelong, Collingwood, Richmond. That's not an easy draw for Port. Um, it's not like they're playing the Kangaroos or West Coast. They've actually got a really hard draw. So I, I don't know why I find, I kind of had it in my head Wines was having an easy run home, but he definitely does not. Dylan, is there anyone else in terms of upgrade targets? I know Dylan mentioned. Uh, I know Stevie mentioned the um, the Bulldogs guys. Like obviously they're, they're they're almost top of the list when it comes to forward line, especially. What about in the back line? Um, Nico mentioned Doherty. Is he probably the number one the number one guy you want in the back line at the moment, or is it Sinclair? Um, or is it someone else entirely? Yeah, I, so I've finished my defence. So I haven't paid as much attention to that line as I have other lines. Um, Doherty's obviously a class act. Um, Jordan Dawson's one a lot of people got probably a month ago, and he's been pretty good. Um, he's got a three-round average of 113. Um, yeah, I think it's Aaron Hall's another guy who's just come back mm. from a hamstring injury and might be okay at sub-500. Nico's triggered There's by so that. Many good de- <laughs> There's so many have defensive options. Um, I think Sisley, Stewart, Hewitt, and probably Sinclair are the four must-haves. And then after that, any of Doherty, Short, Houston, Dawson, Crisp, yeah, Bailey Dale. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, a fair few after that. Um, and they're all, you know, within five points of each other. Um, toss a coin as to who you go from there. In terms of forward line, the one guy I want to throw at you, Nico, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, and it leads nicely into our next topic is Harry Himmelberg from GWS. Yeah, it was going to be him. <laughs> do, we, do, we, do, we throw, do we put any stock at all into that 187 that he threw out on the weekend? Or is that is that just a complete anomaly? Well, it's not an anomaly because like what he score last round, 150 or something? I think he's gone back-to-back massive scores. So... It's his role change. So he's playing defense now, and which, you know, you look at guys, you know, you know, in previous seasons like Zeeble and Aaron Hall, picking forwards that are actually playing defense is, is super coach gold. And, you know, he just dominated um, on the weekend. Dominate. He was even taking kickouts from what I saw and went at 95% efficiency with 37 touches, which is just crazy. Um, so, yeah, look, it's a big role change. And, yeah, I, I guess, you know, with a new coach, things like this can happen. Breaking good cash grab, I think. He won this week. Um, he's yeah, good cash grab. Yeah, he's projected to rise over the next two weeks. He's projected to rise 100K. Um, so it, it, you could have, literally, you could you could, you could could go worse. I don't mind it. Um, it's it's worth considering because, like you say, that role change, whatever whatever's going on, it's, it's real. Um, because that's two weeks in a row under the new coach. That he's played in defense and he's got a lot of the footy and it looks really cheap, and he's using it well. Um, and mm. GWS are playing good footy, and it's, it's as simple as that. Um, and that leaves well, nice. Uh, yeah. That leaves last night. Not, I was not gonna nice say, to, sorry, Eddie. Yeah, Nick Martin and him probably not. Like I've still got him, so it's probably not that much of a difference in price Very just to, to do a sideways and then go bang up to whoever you want in you know two or three weeks time. You sound like you're thinking about it. Are you actually thinking about it? Mm. Yep. Yeah, I am. Very definitely. I would never have picked you as a Himmelberg guy after the the Cornelio debacle, <laughs> Nico. Which leads, leads me very nicely into my next topic, which I've called I've called generously GWS semi primos, but I actually just wanted to call this Cogs Chat. So let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about GWS and what's happening there at the moment. Um, and Dylan, what what are we seeing in terms of the Cornelio, Whitfield, Kelly likes of the world? It felt like they weren't really premiums for the first eight or nine weeks of this season, and suddenly. 
they're back. They're in vogue. They're playing great footy. They're getting heaps of the ball. What actually is it about GWS that, that's changed to allow this this flourishing of these guys that we thought might have been on the scrap heap? Yeah, I think more than anything, it's it's it is the new coach factor. They they seem to be playing with a uh, a renewed sense of I guess freshness. Um, Cornelia in particular, there was all that media. Um, hoo-ha about his relationship with Leon Cameron and the captaincy and whatnot. He seems like he's had a, a weight lifted off his shoulders and he's flying. Um, Whitfield's an interesting one. I'm not sure where I sit on him. Josh Kelly's obviously a gun when he's up and ru- running, but his injury history just makes him a no-go for me. Um, but, yeah, great to see Cogs up and going. <laughs> Nico, I want, to, I want you to walk me through your Sunday Arvo. You sit down, you're having, oh. a nice, I don't know, you're having a barbecue or something on a Sunday Arvo. You see Cogs put up 60 in the first quarter, 100 in the first half. What was going through your head? I actually didn't watch it or listen to it. So I was, it just, it actually made me pretty depressed, to be honest. I was kind of like, <laughs> stuff this. Like, I actually did like chores and stuff and like did things around the house because um, <laughs> I just, I just wanted to forget about it, to be honest. But, um, yeah, let's not forget they played North Melbourne as well. No, we, so, we were not about that. It's it, yeah, so, they are yeah, they are abysmal. I don't they even know. Really like, bad. how is David Noble still in the job, or how is yeah. he not even talked about? Like, as in getting replaced? Because Wooden Spoon last year, um, they just look nowhere near AFL standard. So I don't think they're playing for him, or or there's there's some issues there at that club. Cogs, though, I mean, Charlie no. made the <laughs> Charlie made a, Let's go back to Cogs. Give me more Cog chat. Charlie, who's a contributor at SC Playbook, made a, a, what I thought was a very courageous call in one of his articles this week. He um, had traded out Cogs a few weeks ago. He decided to trade him back in this week, um, which was in, ended up, he looks like a genius. It was a fantastic move. Is that genuinely something that people who don't have Cogs should be thinking about, Dylan? Is he? Is there a chance that Cogs is a top six forward moving moving towards the rest of the season? I honestly don't see why not. Like looking at the forward line, we've discussed it at length. Where you've got the Bulldogs guys like your English, your Dunklin, your Bontepellis, but after that, Will Brody. We don't know how he sits with Fife on the side now. Um, Bailey Smith is obviously looking at probably a month on the sideline. Um, then you're looking at guys like Isaac Heaney or, or Taylor Walkers that are a bit hit and miss. I, I can't see why Cogs can't be a top top 10, top 8, top 6 forward. Um, he's got the role in the midfield. He seems to be flying again. Um, I don't know. I'm probably biased because I, like, I liked him prior to this year. I, I think he's a gun. But um, like purely based on role, I think he, I can't see why he can't. I can't see why he can't be top 5, to be honest, um, outside of. Bontempelli, English, and um, and Dunkley, and maybe Luke Parker as well. They're still spreading their CBAs around quite a bit. Like, he only had 58% cogs on the weekend. Um, you know, Josh Kelly, 50%. Tanner Bruin, 50%. Ward, 46%. You still got Hopper and Taranto to come back in in that mix as well. So, I think, I think cogs is still reliant on goals. So, I think if you look at his history and when he's gone big, He's kicked two or three goals in that game as well, so I think yeah, take. I think he needs them to go 110 plus personally, but I'm I'm happy to have him as an antipod for now and just lay him and, and see how I go. I saw um, I a, a nice <laughs> a nice little tweet from our good friend Klopp, um, Supercoach Klopp on Twitter, who said today he tweeted out that uh, Mark McVeigh 
um, apparently said that that Cogs is a midfielder. That was what he what he said about him, um, which is a nice change because yeah, that's that's sort of what we were. If it, it, it felt like the natural move from a new coach just to throw him back in the midfield and see what happens. Um, it feels good. Nico coaching one one. I honestly, I'll play the guys in their best position. Like how hard's I mean, coaching? Like it's exactly right. <laughs> Seriously, it really, it really is. It sounds so easy from the sidelines. The other one is Whitfield, who um, Lockie Whitfield, who put up a. Um, I'm just having a look now. He put up a one eighteen on the weekend against North. He he still seems hurt. Um, I know he's coming back off. I think it was a, a chronic calf injury or something. So what can you tell me about Whitfield? Uh, yeah, ankle. So he's still he's still come out and said that he needs to um he needs to work on that throughout the rest of the year. So it's still an ongoing issue for him. So I'm just gonna chalk that one game off as, as playing against a VFL team and and. That's it. So I, I don't think Whitfield's an option. He's Especially when you look at the... I think my issue no. with Whitfield just on that is like we rattled off 12 defenders before that are all 105 plus. I just don't think that it's worth going down the Whitfield path when he could quite easily score 80 for the rest of the year and and not move um, price-wise. So Especially when he's got a known injury. Yeah. Yeah. And we're basing yeah, I, it really off that one week against North Melbourne, as Nico mentioned before. Now, the really relevant one um, who I mentioned before is Josh Kelly. In his last um, six games, he's gone 1 and only put up a 1 1 1 against North. Nico, is he one that, that is, is he a top eight mid? I'm going to, that's the, that's the question we all want to know. Is he a top eight mid, Josh Kelly? No, look, yeah, I think he's he's in the conversation. He's, he's fringe. I think he's probably, you know, that 7 to 10 kind of range. Um, no, I noticed, you know, in the stats, he only had one clearance on the weekend. So I don't know what that is about. Seemed to play, you know, a little bit, um, you know, defensive rather than, than offensive from, you know, looking at his possession map and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, look, personally, I, I just don't trust him. He, he burned yeah. me last year. cost me 45K. So, um <laughs> um, yeah, never again for me. I think for uh, for Kelly, the infamous Petraka to Kelly trade was it? <laughs> yep, it was. Uh, He's I also never... six hundred and twenty-five grand now, so it's like you're paying top dollar for him. You are, but his break even's only one eighteen, which it feels it feels like he's going to get that pretty easily at the moment. I, I don't know. I I think I'm more in the camp that I, I think he is a top. I think he's a top eight mid, and I think he he's clearly good enough. And he whatever's happened in the last few weeks with the coaching change, or he's got more confidence, or whatever it is, he's playing really good footy. I think he probably is a top eight mid. And Nico, you said before you don't want to pay up for an A minus player. I think Kelly's mm. more towards that A A plus with an A plus ceiling and an A floor. Yep. So I do think he I do think he's right around the mark. Um, the last one out of GWS that I wanted to touch on is uh, Braden Proust, who. Yeah, he exited my team, hopefully for the last time this year. Um, I've had him in and out a couple of times. Um, do we know how he went in the VFL, Dylan? Have you had a look at, um, at, at his stats in the VFL over the weekend? What, what was the intel coming out of it? Yeah, I'll watch it like a hawk. Do you want to take over this one then, Nico? No, no, no. You go, mate. <laughs> I, um, I didn't watch him, but just looking at the stats, it looked like he did pretty well. Um, kicked a couple of goals. Uh, kicked two goals. Had 14 disposals. Um 18 hit-outs, which was the most on the ground, um, which to me says he's, he played pretty well. Um, and Flynn got monstered against Goldstein too, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they back a change there. 
Yeah, Bleedman was the one coach of the only... came out and he said, sorry, he came out and he said, look, if he's not in this week, then he's definitely going to be in next week. So judging off that performance, and he was taking quite a lot of uh, contested marks as well, direct from the opposition on the wing, and he, he just looked quite good. So um, as Dylan said, the guys in the in the A team struggled. So surely, surely he comes in. Yeah, I was what I was going to say is Flynn was probably if you were looking at the list of winners and losers from GWS on the weekend, Flynn was probably one of the only losers in that side. Um, in that he did get comprehensively beaten by Goldstein. Um, it is hard to change a team that wins by fifty points, um, and that he's playing pretty good footy would be my only concern. But I think even as a as a non Prus owner at this point, I would be very very surprised. If he doesn't play this week, um, which is obviously good for those who've held him, um, yeah, he is going to score well when he plays. It's as simple as that. He just needs to play. Um, and, yeah, that's always been the issue. That's what we've been talking about all season. Um, injury, suspension, poor form, BWS um, being weird. Uh, that It's all going to hold him out mm. of the side. And it, it seems like this is the week that he comes back in. Um, our next big topic, um, Nico, I, I want to talk to you about this because uh, I had earlier this – I haven't checked for a couple of weeks, but the last time I checked – um, you, there is this great stat going around. Um, SC Stats, I think, does it. Um, who he has the the guys who who nail their captains the most every week. And you, out of all the sort of celebrity super coaches out there, I'm putting you in the celebrity super coach basket. You were the one. <laughs> yeah. You were in the top five for those who nails their captains every week. I think you're averaging 138 from your captain from memory. Um, and I just wanted to. I, I've, it's a very broad segment here, but I just want to go into your thought process when you're choosing a vice captain and a captain because I've struggled with it this year. I think I would have, without looking, I would have lost 200, 250 points purely from choosing the wrong captains. I just want you to take me into a Friday afternoon in the Stevie Nico household. What's going through your head when you're choosing who to put your VC or your C on? Yeah, look, I don't know if it's that good anymore, to be honest, my, uh, my record. But basically, look, I just try and target guys that are playing North Melbourne or West Coast with the VC because um, they're the ones that, you know, are going to potentially go big. So, and then I just try and play it a little bit safe with, with the captain um, as well. So, I mean, you've got pretty reliable guys like Clayton Oliver going around and Lockie Neal. Um, you know, these guys, what are they averaging? You know, around 130, um, you know, and, and, and there's a reason why they're average 130. It's because, you know, they're great players who, who score consistently well and can go, can go large so um generally i just i just try and stick with you know with one of those guys in the mix in those you know vice captaincy captain options um a lot of it is down to gut feel as well for me like someone like um you know clayton oliver on the weekend you know they're just they're due a big one you can sort of tell that they're due a big a big one they've had a couple of you know slightly down games for for them um and you know the other thing is just important to watch for teams who tag and and see if that's going to be you know a potential uh, reason why a, a premium might score a bit lower than than they average. So, look down to it. Really, I mean, it's it's luck as well. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of fifty fifty calls that you know that either go go your way in this game or they don't. So, um, at least with the VC and C, we get two stabs at it. Dylan, is is Steve, is there anything else that you can add to that from Nico? How are you? What what thought process going into you choosing your captains every week? Um, well, similar-ish. Um, I, I don't quite exclusively look at a North Melbourne and a West Coast matchup. Um, I more look at the indiv- – there's a really good website. Oh, I have to find the link to it where it breaks down um, like by line. So defenders, midfielders, rucks and forwards, averages against opposition. So 
I don't know, three mm. men on what can say at 110 points to opposition yeah. marks, and then if it's I go, West okay, I'll North go. Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I'm they're the like one that. at the top. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, I just haven't got it right this year. Um, often I look at the rucks to begin with. It is Supercoach data that does that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. I reckon there's another one as well. No, that's for the that they're the ones who um monitor the the data on the VC and the C. So what you're talking about is different. Oh uh, yeah, but I'm yeah. talking about yeah. something different. Um, yeah, yeah. Often I'll look at the rucks first and foremost and see if Gorn or now it's Sean Darcy um, have a favourable matchup. I thought they both did, and clearly neither of them did. Um, but yeah, similarly to Nico, I think you're then looking at your Olivers and your Neils and your McCrays for a, a straight C option um, if a VC goes rogue. Nico, when it comes to whether or not you're taking a VC score, because I asked you in the chat on Saturday morning, I said, do I take do I take Crips' 126 as my VC? And you were definite. Straight away you said, yep, take it. What what What's going into that? What, why do you take that 126? Especially when you've got an Oliver and Gorn and Neil, you've got all them to come later in the weekend. What was it about that Crips score on the Friday night that made you so confident to take that? It's runs on the board. You know, it's... You've been, I guess, I don't know, been a cricketer my whole life. It's just like, you know, runs on the board are important. So, you know, you, you just lock that in, that 126 in. If you, you're picking a guy who averages 130, I mean, big deal. You might get an extra four or five points or something. But then, as with Gorn, they might get an injury and then, you know, you, you crash out um, and, you know, you lose your rank. So, I think for me, it's a, it's the safety um, of that decision. So, anything, anything really 120 plus... At the moment, I'm, I'm sort of happy to to lock in, and that's sort of just the rule that I go with. Dylan, do you have a rule with VCs? What what sort of score do they need to get for you before you take their their score? Yeah, one twenty is usually the the um the cutoff, I guess, for me as well. And I'm probably more likely to take a one twenty this year, given the likes of Gorn aren't necessarily churning out those 130s as as he has previously. Um, so yeah, one twenty I think tends to be a pretty good rule. That's a pretty good point, Dylan, because previously we've had guys like Grundy and Gorn going 140 average, and we're just not getting that this year. Yep, for sure. But, and it, like even the guys that are averaging really well, like your Neils and your Olivers, they've still had low hundreds. Like I think Neil scored 100, like 100 flat against someone a couple of weeks ago, or against Hawthorne, who you'd think is a pretty soft matchup. Um, Frio, who scored 87 when he got tagged out of it by Ash. Um, like, like if you do have a one twenty, it just feels safer and smarter to take it at the moment. Yep. Yeah, I love it, boys. Um, that is giving you guys are very helpful to me when I'm trying to choose my captains. Um, I'm usually a risk it kind of guy, and this year I'm trying to go against my against my natural instincts and take the the one two sixes of Crips. Like, I think in years gone by, I would have risked it on a on a Gorn or a Neil, and um, yeah, it just it's. It's more fun when you have it nailed down on a Friday night, I think, and you, you know you can just sit back and enjoy the rest of the weekend. You would have got an extra fifteen points if you went with Oliver, exactly. You know, but it wasn't yeah. worth the it wasn't worth the stress. I and think. if you went gone, um, you lose fifty points or sixty points, whatever it was. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Well, thanks for that, Nico. It's a great insight into your thought processes. Now, I want to go into your thoughts, Dylan, because you are. I've always been our sort of um, behind-the-scenes team expert. You know what's going on in the VFL. 
you follow it closely um, for work and enjoyment. I think you you like the you like the VFL footy. I want you to talk to us about um, the mid-season draftees, and you, you sort of touched on it before with Massimo from Essendon, who had a cracking game on the weekend. But I want you to sort of run me through um, who might be getting a game out of these mid-season draftees because we're all desperate for downgrades at this point. We've all got the likes of Paddy McCartan, um, Ben Hobbs, Nick Martin, um, Dacos sitting on our fields. We need to get rid of them. We need to make some cash out of them. Um, who can you talk me through that might be coming in in coming weeks that will be really handy for us as downgrade options? Yeah, so I guess the first point I want to make about the mid-season draft is clubs look at it differently. So some will look at picking up a, a mature ager who's ready to go um, to have an immediate impact and then other teams will look at a player who's 19, 20, um, and it's still a little while off, but potentially down the track becomes um, a pretty handy player. So I've sort of written a few points down for each of the draftees. Um, so Jai Cully went one, and a lot of people thought, oh, you know, he'll come in straight away for West Coast. Um, they're really struggling. I'm not sure he does. He only had 10 touches um, in the waffle against Claremont on the weekend. Adam Simpson did say that they were happy with what he did um, and what he will do in the future, but... Like, Kelly's a weird one for me. He only played two NAB League games this year, and that, obviously they were outstanding, mm. um, did really well in the in the young guns as well. But it's a pretty small sample size. He has his injury issues. He's had shoulder problems this year already. I just don't know that he's going to be the guy that we all think he will be right away, like a couple of years maybe. But as of the end of this year, I just can't see him really being the saviour we perhaps thought. Um so he's he's one that I think is probably going to disappoint. Uh, Callan Dawson is picked was picked two to North Melbourne. He hasn't played yet for their VFL side because he has an ankle injury. But North Melbourne said prior to their um, well when they picked him up that there's potentially a role for him straight away. So that's a watch. I think he's a key defender. I'm not sure that he'll score overly well, but if he gets in, um, you know that's a, a, a cheap defender to look at. We'll take any Massimo of his- was. Yeah, um, Massimo D'Ambrosio, um, he's, I think, probably the most likely to have an impact straight away. 32 disposals in the VFL. He had 25 um, a few weeks ago when he was playing for Richmond in the VFL there as well. Good kick, fast, uh, yeah. average 28 disposals in the NAB League too, so he has a body of work behind him as well. Um, yeah, what are your my, thoughts my on him? Intel- yeah, for what it's worth, my, I, I don't I don't pretend to have any sort of sources at all. But um, from the from what I can glean from my more passionate Essendon supporting mates, he's a, he's a big chance to come in this week, um, and I'd, I'd almost be surprised if he doesn't play if he doesn't debut um, this weekend. So yeah, Massimo is a good one to keep an eye on. I think if you if you're desperate for a defensive downgrade, he is almost the best option. Yeah, I, I feel like he's the best out of all of them as well. Um, Brett Turner is a. He went to Adelaide. He's a mature ager, um, ready to go. Averages twenty four touches and one point five goals a game in the Sandful, um, but he's coming off a foot injury, so hasn't had a run at it yet for the um, the Adelaide reserves. But he's one that a lot of people think that um, if he gets if he gets in, uh, could be a, a pretty promising supercoach scorer. Nico, do you have any intel on him? Uh, no, no, not really. I was just sort of keen to um get your thoughts on Carmichael because he dominated um from what I saw in a really big loss on the weekend 22 touches and 10 tackles Mm. so really good to see those tackle numbers and I think from history I think you know Collingwood likes to promote guys you know with those kind of stats so I'm a bit bullish on him getting a game pretty soon yeah I agree he he, um 
he played pretty well, as you mentioned, in a, in a side where um, Collingwood struggled. Uh, he was a lot of people on draft night as well expected him to go higher, um, and it felt like he was a bit of a steal for the Pies at pick nine or eight or whatever it was. Um, DPP as well is really beneficial. I guess my main concern with him is where does he sit in that pecking order? Collingwood have guys like Poulter and Finlay McRae. Um, the Brown brothers seem to be in and out as well. Does he jump those guys straight away, do you think? Yeah, I think he probably does, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think all those guys have had ample opportunity to um, to show what they've got. And obviously this guy hasn't yet. So I'd... I'd think they'd want to throw him in and, and see, you know, if he sinks or if he swims. Yeah, he's certainly one to look at. Um, Bryn Teeper was another one we touched on before, and Hinkley's actually actively said um, temptation is there. Whether it's this week or not, his debut's coming. Um, ready-made player, mm. so he's one to look at. And if he doesn't get in, as we mentioned before, he's 102 grand and he's a, a pretty good loophole option. It's pretty nice. thorough. Very well done. A lot Dylan. of the others, um, looking at... Actually, one more will flag is Sam Durden. I don't think he'll score very well, but Caleb Marchbank's just been ruled out for six to eight weeks. Wiedering's obviously on the sidelines as well. Um, he might have his Carlton debut this week. Most of the others, though, are either not going to score very well or not going to look in. Yeah, I think um, Massimo is the one that really excites me. Um, I'm pretty keen to trade Paddy McCartan at some point down to him. I think that, yeah, that nets you about almost 300 grand at this point, um, which is going to be very, very handy moving forward. Um, really appreciate that work from you, Dylan. Now, if you like a punt, if you're listening to the podcast out there and you like a punt, check out topsport.com.au. They're the home of the best same game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. We have been previewing their markets throughout the season. Um, if you're linking up your account, use the code SC Playbook. Um, it helps out the podcast. Um, so, yeah, if you're linking up your account, use the code SC Playbook. 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Boys, every week we try and find a market or two that we like the look of. Um, yeah, fair to say uh, it's been uh, it's been better going for the lads than we have in over the last couple of weeks. It's been a bit quiet, um, but I'm looking to uh, looking to get some value. Nico, you're laughing at me over there. I, I personally oh. haven't been in the hot <laughs> kind of form. I don't think you have either, <laughs> but let's I get a win. have not. <laughs> what have All we right. got this next I don't mind. Show? I don't mind Carlton to beat the Tigers at two dollars ten. Why are so, Carlton outside the Tigers? Can, can yeah. anyone explain that? Not sure. Um, yeah, I think I think the Blues are going really, really well. Tigers are as well, but yeah, I don't know. Just without Lynch, and I just think Carlton. I don't know maybe their forwards might have a bit too much firepower. So I'm, I'm happy to play there. I'm also going to do something silly like I did last week and take the Kangas at the line. I'm going to take West Coast. <laughs> Plus forty five point five points. The reason for that is they're going to get about five or six premiership players coming into their side this week. So yeah. I think they're going to be improved. And ah, come on, surely they're going to show something soon. So let's put those together on for point. four dollars and twelve cents, please. Anyway. That actually sounds really good. I'm keen on that, Nico. That was that was well argued. Dylan, what have you got for me? <laughs> Oh, pretty boring again. I've just gone uh, St Kilda to beat Essendon at the line uh, at head to head, and I think the Bulldogs will beat GWS. I know they've looked good under McVeigh, but I, I just think the Dogs still have something to. They've got another gear to reach. Um, I know all the Bailey Smith stuff is happening um, externally, but at a dollar eighty, I think that that's a pretty nice price for them. And when you put that in the St Kilda leg, it um, combines to two dollars thirty four. So little double up, hopefully. 
Very nice. Um, I am going Carlton into St Kilda, which I can't believe is paying $2.73. Um, as I said, I, I can't work out why Carlton aren't favourites against Richmond. And yeah, St Kilda will beat the Bombers. There is no doubt of it in my mind about that. So that multi together gets you $2.73, which I think is exceptional value. Boys, I actually like all three of those. I'm going to have a little play on those myself. Um, <laughs> if you, <laughs> just for anyone out there that um, sure? has been, <laughs> given the way we've been going, Nico, we're absolutely due. Um, so, yep, I will be going on that. Um, if you're an SC Playbook subscriber out there and you haven't been added to the AFL WhatsApp yet, if you could please send us an email um, at uh, scplaybook at gmail.com, um, that would be fantastic. Um, let me just get that email right again. Supercoachplaybook at gmail.com is the email to send an email to if you are a subscriber and you haven't been added to the WhatsApp group yet. I think there's a couple of you out there, so make sure you email supercoachplaybook at gmail.com to get added in. Um, boys, um, I want to find out what you're doing this week exactly. We've talked a little bit about trades in general. Now, I want you to give me the specific trades you're looking at, Nico. What are they? Okay. Um, so when, when the game opened, I went well, looking at Rioli out, Curtis out, Martin out, Will Brody out Ooh. for Doherty, Clark. I've got Cully there, but really that can be anyone. Carmichael, whoever gets a game, hopefully. Uh, and Bont. So that is what I'm thinking initially. However, Himmelberg has me um, maybe thinking outside the square a little bit. So we'll see how we end up. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. I have seen those cogs working over the course of this podcast and uh, Himmelberg is front of mind. I can tell. I love it. Um, that would be a baller move, which I'm all about. Dylan, what about you? What are the specific trades you're looking at this week? Was that a, a cogs pun there, Eddie, as well? Just to, to rub salt into the wound a little bit? Oh, I wish, I wish, it, I wish it was. <laughs> I wish I was fun to up on the fly. Did you, did you see my glitch when you yeah. said cogs? <laughs> Uh, um, I'm looking at uh, Paddy McCartan out, Paul Curtis out, and Hugh Dixon out, and Callum Mills in, D'Ambrosio in, and Carmichael in, um, which leaves me with one upgrade to go. I've still got to fix job, uh, Greg Clark, um, but I've still got 10 trades, so fingers crossed that's not too difficult. Mm, I'll, that's not bad. I'll have eight after my trades. This week. Yeah, that's, that's pretty handy. You'll be full primo though, won't you, Nico? No, I'll be one short, so I'll, I'll be I'll be probably seven trades if Himmelberg gets me. Oh, no, I'll, I'll have to get someone else as well if I do that. Yeah, look, I'll probably have six trades, I reckon, at yeah. full primo. Dylan, um, I'm interested that you're not bringing in Judson Clark and instead you're bringing in the, uh, the mid-season draftees. What's the thought process behind that? Uh, Clark potentially comes in if Rioli isn't named, um, so I get 18, but... To be honest, the thought process was um, cash constraints. Um, I couldn't get up to Mills unless I got 202k guys, so nothing yeah. really um, groundbreaking there. And I think, like, I, I still do think that Clark could put in a stinker and be out straight away. Um, and if that's the case, I might as well have Carmichael sitting there at 102 grand. Yep, nice. I love it. Um, I am going Nick Dacos, Curtis, and Rioli out to Judson Clark, Bryn Teekle, and Bont are the three coming in. And then next week, I'm hoping to do Paddy McCartan out and Dylan Moore out and then Massimo and one of the big mids in. And that would be 
yeah, full primo this week, but then um, Dylan Moore out this week to go even more full primo, which, yeah, feels pretty good. Um, feeling okay about it, boys. As we know, though, things change very, very quickly, so try not to count too many chickens. Um, what about vice captain and captains? Who are you currently Who are you currently locking in with the VC and C, Nico? Yeah, look, as we've touched on, we um, we like the blue, so I'm pretty keen to go Crips VC this week. Yeah, I think um, yeah, he's potentially due to have you know a, a really really big one with with a couple of goals um, thrown in there as well. So happy to play him. I think he's a, a worthy VC punt. And going into one of Tuchel Laird, they play in the same match, so. Yeah, just depending on how I feel, um, gut feel, but probably Took I'd lean to, I think. Yeah, I think I, I'm going very, very similar to you, Nico. What about you, Dylan? What are you thinking? Yeah, I have the exact same. No more Sean Darcy punts or anything stupid like that. Um, Crips into <laughs> one of uh, Laird and Miller. Laird or Miller, beg your pardon. Yeah, it feels, it's kind of a weird week. It feels like there actually isn't that many, um, there's not many that great, that great options. Uh, no one is playing West Coast of, of much note. I mean, you're not going to have any of the long midfielders, really. The, uh, I'd be surprised yeah. if you're holding a Selwood they or anything play West like Coast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Stewart <laughs> is probably the one if you, uh, if you had Yeah, some... potentially. Yeah. Yep. Um, it would be and he's a... been confirmed in, I just saw on Twitter as well. So, he's definitely playing. Yeah. Um, now, boys, we've made your trades this week, but how well do you know your numbers outside of Supercoach? With interest rates going up at the moment, it might be finally time to trade banks and save yourself a bit of cash. If you don't, to, if you don't know where to start, shoot Pat and George Mortgage Choice, or one word, a message on Instagram, or give them a call on 02-9521-1611 and mention the SC Playbook podcast. They will take care of the rest. They're great boys, Pat and George. Um, get around them. Now, lads, every week we put up a post um, on our socials asking for any questions from listeners. We love getting feedback. Um, Nico, you absolutely love um, answering the viewer questions, which uh, is always good to see. Um, the first one, though, goes to you, Dylan. Um, it's from Sam Allen. And I think this is a great question, which I really want the answer to. Uh, Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron, and Taylor Walker, legitimate options for the run home with their draws. Um, yeah, what do you think? Um, I think so. Like looking at Geelong in particular, given Cameron and Hawkins are both Geelong players, they've got West Coast twice, they've got North still, um, Gold Coast is in there as well. Like you potentially get a pretty big score um, in like that's half the games that are left pretty much. Um, I guess the issue with those guys is whilst they might hit 150 one week, they could also hit 70 the week after. So I think you just have to know what you're buying there. Um, but given we touched on before the lack of, I guess, clarity around those forwards that are ranked maybe six to ten, um, I, I don't see. Re- I think like it could be a, a big upside play going one of those um, power forwards as a as an F six. Um, yeah, I don't mind that at all. I think well, Geelong have quite a few games at home, don't they? Um, if you give me. Ten seconds, I'll tell you. <laughs> Always good bit of research on the fly. Um, I personally, I think you can chuck in Himmelberg to that list as well. I think he's another one of those key forwards, as you said, Nico, been thrown back, um, which makes him a legitimate option too. But yeah, I think there's there's always there's always merit in trying to think outside the box because one of these guys, you can guarantee one of these three is going to go nuts. Um, it's just a matter of picking the right one. Um, Dylan, you got those uh, home stats handy? Yeah, I do. So that, <clears throat> pardon me, they've got five games at um, in Geelong to come, um, and then the rest are at the MCG. There's only three away trips left, so they've got West Coast away this week, 
Port Adelaide away in round 19 and Gold Coast away in round 22. Um, so it is a pretty soft run for the Cats. Um, I think they'll make top four. And I think there's probably a few big scores coming for Hawkins and, and Cameron and Taylor Walker again. We know how destructive he can be on his day um, if he puts it all together. Definitely. Last listener question for you, Nico, from Corey Blackledge. What should I do this week? Get Laird or save some cash and get a cheaper mid coming off the buy or go liver, liver or wait for Oliver round 15? Yeah, so Corey, I think from what you know, we've discussed um, offline on Twitter, you're sort of struggling for 18 this week. So I think going for Laird um, means that you're sort of really locking yourself into to playing one or two short. So... I think definitely look at a bit of value um, and maybe go for a Keys or something or a Boak uh, or a Green. Like, I mean, if you go Keys over over Laird, you're saving yourself 80K there alone and you can use that to, you know, to, to upgrade one of the rookies that you have who, you know, probably not going to feature for, you know, this week um, or, or even, you know, moving forward. So, um, and then look, with regards to Oliver, mate, he's going to be, like he is a must-have, so you're going to need a plan to bring him in. And look, that might even be trading someone like a Cogs or, or a Butters or a Petrarca um, to get to him. So you might only need you know 100k to make that happen. But um, definitely start thinking about um, you know your plan for Oliver um, and yeah, getting that done uh, as soon as he's off his buy. What do you guys reckon? I, I'm always answering Corey's questions, so he probably <laughs> wants to hear someone else's opinion. To be honest. <laughs> I think you're spot on, Nick. I think you, you are going to need Oliver at some point. Um, so however you can get to Oliver, I think that's got to be the end goal. Um, and the steps along the way don't matter so much, I don't think. But as long as you can you can result in Oliver, I think that works. And you also, obviously, as you said, Nico, having 18 at a minimum this week is is a priority. So if you think if, you, if the end goal is Oliver and you need to get 18 this week, I think that gives you two points along the continuum that you have to get to and you should be able to figure it out along the way from there. But I think those are the two priorities. Yep. Yep. Summed it up um, well, I think, lads. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for that, boys. That's about all we've got time for tonight. Thanks for your time, as always. Love to see you both. Um, Dylan, get some sleep. Um, Nico, uh, enjoy the Collingwood run while it lasts. I'll speak to you boys next week. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Catch you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.